0: Welcome to the Wits and Weights podcast, where we discuss getting strong and healthy with strength training and sustainable nutrition. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and in each episode, we examine strategies to help you achieve physical self-mastery through a healthy skepticism of the fitness industry and a commitment to consistent nutrition and training for sustainable results. Welcome to another episode of Wits and Weights. Prepare yourself for some deep insights about entrepreneurship, leadership, online coaching, the fitness business mindset, and more from today's special guest, because I'm extremely excited to be joined by the amazing Lauren Tickner. Lauren is ranked as Forbes Magazine's number one business coach for 2021 and a Forbes top 10 entrepreneur in 2020. Lauren now works with her team at Impact School to help her clients implement systems and gain freedom in their businesses. Lauren, it's great to connect and have you on the show.
1: Yeah, Philip, thank you so much for having me on. I know this is going to be a load of value for your audience, so I'm going to do my best to share as much as you want me to. Yeah, my
0: your, my audience and me as well, um, because when we connected, I was really excited to have you on. You have this passion energy, if anybody watches your videos on YouTube or wherever else, um, as an entrepreneur through online coaching, fitness, um, especially business systems, and I know you're trying to impact as many lives as possible. So tell us a bit about your story from beginning as a content creator to an online fitness coach and influencer and now a high impact business coach, what inspired you to pursue the path you're on today?
1: Yeah, you've clearly done your research. So I appreciate that. And, um, so it really started out. I was just, I loved fitness. I just absolutely loved it. Evidence-based training and nutrition. And I was I kind of started by accident when I was like 17 years old. Online coaching wasn't really a thing, but I found the likes of 3DMJ and Eric Helms and and all these guys. And I just started reading the content that they were putting out and they had a podcast. And I remember they had a guy come on that they were doing some collab with, and he had a podcast too. And his name was Luke Johnson. And they one time had this episode about how to start online coaching. And I thought, what is this online coaching thing? And so I listened to that and became really good friends with the guys that own that company. And we ended up just doing a bunch of stuff together in the space when it came to like training programs and ebooks. And this is back when you could sell thousands of ebooks just through sending one email, mm-hmm. it was craziness. And so I'm super grateful to have fallen into it. Kind of by accident, honestly, I never intended to be in the fitness industry. I always had this goal of becoming the CEO of an asset management company in the UK. It was Mm -hmm. a weird goal. I know looking back, it was so random, but that's what I wanted to do. Then when I had that job, there was a gym, like I was in a high rise building and there was a gym just below and I could look down on it and see these people walking in and out all day. And I just dreamed to be able to go train whenever I wanted to. And so that's when I decided to leave the job and, um, pretty much then go full-time into online fitness coaching and yeah, then started working with companies like Gymshark and stuff. And then when they started pivoting more mainstream, they stopped working with a bunch of people they had been paying a monthly salary to. And uh, loads of my friends no longer had an income. And I obviously had the online coaching, the eBooks and stuff going on. So I helped them with that and didn't think anything of it. And a couple of years later, I realized, wow, like this could be a really great business. And that's how impact school was formed very loosely. It definitely wasn't a company back then though. So that's kind of how we got here um, to this point. And I'm super grateful to, yeah, be able to help the people that help the people because, um, you know, I know when I was first starting out, I knew nothing about business. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really rewarding.
0: Yeah. No, I love that story. I mean, we listened to a lot of the same stuff. Apparently you mentioned Eric Helms and uh, that's kind of yeah. how I got into this journey as well as a lot of the education. Wow. And, um, but I, I, I like how you said, you know, helping people, helping the people who are helping people. And you sort of found your way there both through, uh, serendipity, but also through your own action to get there. And eventually, you know, life totally. just throw you in the right spot. So. For online nutrition coaches like myself and others who are just starting, kind of back yeah. earlier in your journey, or they're growing your businesses and they want to make that big impact, they want to help people or eventually help people help people, um, yeah. what would you say are just the core principles for finding success with online programs specifically?
1: For sure, yeah. So I really like to think about business in three pillars. So there's the impact offer, which is taking all of your knowledge, all of your experience and turning it into a one scalable product which is very difficult when we're new because we want to help loads of different people in loads of different ways but we're never able to build something sustainable that's Going to be independent without us having to run it all the time if we try and do loads of different things. Because as soon as you start bringing in on a team, they get really, really confused. So there's that part. And then the second pillar is all about lead generation and sales. Okay. So I call this the specialist system because it's a way to ensure that you have both inbound lead gen and then outbound power prospecting working for you all at the same time so that you can also have a system so that anyone that comes into your ecosystem, you have a way to reach out to them in a super non spammy way to get the. Conversation rolling, so that then you can pre-qualify people. And if I'm going too deep, just let me know. Nope, just not at all. I love so this stuff. Pre- Go ahead. Okay, cool. I just don't want to lose anyone. But <laughs> so you can pre-qualify people and then vet them without even getting onto. Everyone seems to call it like a strategy session or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to do that before to make sure that it is aligned. Because I remember when I, man, when I was first starting out. So I was all about strength training, right, and and about eating to become stronger. And this is what I loved. And I was obsessed with powerlifting and I competed and it was just the thing that I was really into, which was kind of weird. Cause like most girls weren't doing that. So I got a lot of girls come to me who were wanting to, to, to become strong and no longer have this like fat loss goal. Right. Because my girls, they, they, they were already super skinny, too skinny. Right. And so they mm-hmm. needed to gain some muscle. And so like, I remember then this one time, this guy called Steve came to me and he was like a skinny dude, right? And so he wanted to run marathons. And I thought, oh, cool. Like, I can learn how to coach someone on a marathon. Like, yeah, it will help me diversify my skill set. And so I remember like it was a Sunday um, because I remember eating a, a roast dinner in England. You have like a Sunday roast, it's like a traditional mm-hmm. thing that you do in the UK. <clears throat> And so I sit down for this roast dinner with my family. And then I remember staying up until like 11 at night, which, you know, I'm kind of an early bird person. So that was really late for me, trying to understand tapering and carb loading and how Mm -hmm. to, you know, run for a marathon. It was so boring. Like it was not like when I'm studying about how to backload your carbs so that you can, you know, have increased, you know, whatever, ever like marginal gains for strength training. It wasn't like that. Okay. This was boring for me. And I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, okay, but I need to learn this if I'm going to be a successful online coach. And I had this belief in my mind that I had to know everything for everyone to serve every mm. single person. And so around, I don't remember how long it was because this is, gosh, this is years ago now, but let's just say I worked with him for a couple of months and I ended up refunding him all the money because every time it came to a consultation call with him, I just dreaded the encounter because Because it was boring, right? And most people are too afraid to say that they hate talking to a client, but it was true. And everyone has that client they hate talking to, they just won't be honest about it. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. So what if you can have a business where you only work with clients that you love to talk to, where you get off your calls with them and you feel energized and excited to serve, right? Because when you have that, you want to show up every single day and you're excited to scale the company rather than just grow it. Because you know that with more systems, with more structure, with more infrastructure in place, you can then keep expanding the horizon rather than just growing something to its capacity because you can't simply take on any more clients because you hate it so much. Mm-hmm. right? And this is what I see a lot in online coaching. People are resenting their clients. Obviously, we hear the stories because people tell us because mm-hmm. we are their guide to em- empower them to make it happen. But you know, coach to coach, people don't really tell this to each other. They're like, oh, yeah, everything's going great. We hear the truth. Most people hate the clients they work with, and this is terrible. So that's why it really comes down to like having one sustainable offering based upon the vision that you have, the impact that you want to make, and then building the lead generation and the pre-qualification systems in front of that to ensure that you're only taking on the right clients, that you can truly, truly help. And then from there, it comes down to the third pillar, which is scale your impact, which is replacing yourself. In these two things, through building a team of coaches, through building a team of sales specialists who can enroll new clients ethically and stick to your values, right? So, like, these are the three pillars that I always look towards, but it all starts with you as the business owner knowing where do I actually want to go? What impact do I want to make? right? And why is that important mm-hmm. to me? Most people have a story. So Philip, I'd like to ask you, like, what is your vision? Like, what's the impact that you're trying to make?
0: <laughs> Are you putting me on the spot here? I was actually going to ask you about that first pillar, right? Of the okay. of, of the offer of how do you actually determine that ideal client? Because um, I've worked with many different clients with different goals and you, you're... Your thing about the marathon runner resonated with me because one of my clients had done that and you're right. You had to just, okay, a deer in the headlights. I don't know anything about that. I have to learn as much as I can about this or, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of female fat loss clients or then I have the person that wants to build muscle Um, and I might enjoy working with three or four very different types of clients. So how do we, how do we determine that early on uh, to make that impact, right? I would love to work with three or four types in that group. Um, How do we determine that?
1: Well, that's what you'd love to do, but it's not necessarily what's going to make the biggest impact. And sometimes okay. we have to sacrifice our wants and our desires in favor of what the company needs and what the people need. Because it's not all about you in the mm-hmm. in the in, like in the long, long run. Okay, at first it's all about you when you know the impact that you want to make. Because when you get clear on the impact you want to make, it's like a tunnel vision thing. So a recent example, I have a lot of friends and they are all investors, right? So they've got to the stage where they've built like nine and 10 figure companies, really successful people. Like, you know, I can't even believe that these are my friends, but it's crazy. And so I did this exercise where I got really clear on what is my 10 year vision? Like what mission am I here to serve? Why am I doing this? And so I would always say it's to build a company of companies that make a positive impact on the world. But I've realized that's super vague, right? Because positive impact can be interpreted differently for everyone. Mm -hmm. Same like health, right? Health can be different for one person and the other. We know the state that we want to get to, but for someone with diabetes, it's very, very different than someone that is like, let's just say anorexic. It's totally different. They have to have a different treatment. So then when it comes down to the way that I was thinking, There are some things that are really important to me and some things that are not. So I have a brother who's two years younger than me. However, his mental age is between one and two years old, right? So he's physically disabled. He has epilepsy and autism, various other learning disabilities. He has a tube in his tummy because he does not eat or in a sustainable way. So he's actually interesting enough, quote unquote, anorexic, even though he would never even know what his body looks like. It's just totally out of his consciousness, right? So anyway... I realized that for the longest time, I thought that the things that I really cared about was like education. And I thought that it was, you know, all these different things. but, But I realized like the biggest, most important thing for me is health. So then now I had this deal come to me to invest in this company. And it was a really good deal. Okay. Very, very good deal. It was a crypto gaming company and it could have made a lot of money. And I know a lot of people that have made a lot of money from this deal, And so I said to one of my friends who has a huge nutrition supplement company, like you would know exactly this company, like it's flipping huge. And he was the one that presented the deal to me. And I said to him, like, I'm facing an ethical dilemma right now. Like, I don't know what to do because this deal is great. And I know I could make a lot of money. And I know with that money, I could then invest that into the things that I really, really care about. But it doesn't align with my values and my vision. And so he said to me something which I then ended up taking a different, Decision than what he said, because he said, like, well, Lauren, if you put in even just, you know, X amount now, and you make this much on the back end, it's pretty much guaranteed, which, it, it you know, it, this kind of sounds crazy sometimes, but there are these deals, like, when people play with, like, big sums of cash, like, mm-hmm. it can be like that. Anyways, I digress, but <sighs> so he said, based upon what you're looking to do and to achieve, like, if you invest the money, then that can be money, which you've then multiplied to then make a bigger impact, and I agreed with that. But it didn't, dis- it didn't for me align because it didn't agree with my truest value. Right. So I said no to the deal. I didn't go ahead with it. And so now I'm very specific. And I could have made a, like a really a lot. <laughs> and so now I, I just realized like this feels good inside. This feels great inside. And it allows me to stay focused and not get distracted. Because I must say I did get distracted then. But now I know if a deal like that comes to me again, I'm not even going to entertain it. And instead I can focus on the things that I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. So... I had to get clear on what is basically my tunnel. Like what is yes and what is no. If it's great, it's no. It's not, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. I love that saying. And so the same thing goes with like many clients that we have at Impact School. So I have this fantastic fertility health doctor. That's her Instagram as well. And um, she in the beginning was like working with all different sorts of people. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. she would take clients who were like, you know, half, half, half. But then she realized like why she's in the game. She wants to help people have a very healthy, successful pregnancy, and raise incredible children, right? And so, like, that's her mission. Like, that's why she's doing this. So if she's going to take on someone who needs to, like, reverse diabetes, that person will be better served with someone else who focuses on that specifically, like another one of our clients. Her name's Charmaine Dominguez, and she helps people reverse type 2 diabetes, right? And then, for example, if someone with type 1 goes to her, then actually, for example, the COO of Impact School's sister – her name's Galia Barrage, right? She helps, she has type one diabetes. So she helps people who live with type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. So There are people out there who you can build partnerships and relationships with to send clients to. And maybe you want to do a deal where you send referrals. I personally just like to send it because you know, whatever you put out in the world as value, you get back 10 times and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be from that same person. Sure. And then that, when it comes down to like the, you know, more spiritual stuff, but, um, To answer your question, I think it all starts with you in your mind, but then realize that it's not all about you and what you want to do. Once you've made that decision, you then stick with your original choices. And obviously you can change and adapt based upon new information that you get. That's of course important, but like taking on everything and trying to be everything for everyone, you're never going to serve people to the best degree possible. That's from my personal experience, Mm -hmm. um, having worked with, you know, more than 3000 clients very closely at this point.
0: Yeah. And I, I asked a question, especially on p- behalf of people who have, have had maybe five clients, 10 clients, something like that. And they're still figuring it out and really can't answer that question, I guess is the problem. Some people have that, you know, extreme uh, tunnel or, or target vision that they have. Others um, haven't discovered it yet. Like in my case, I know uh, m- most of the clients that I enjoy working with that I find I can help them. Most of the ones that found me through this podcast or through the information I'm putting out there. And maybe there's mm-hmm. some tie-in to, you know, this this evidence-based nutrition nutrition and uh body composition that i really focus on a lot but I i'm not really 100 sure exactly where that falls and i don't necessarily want to rule things out either if a new potential client comes in and all of a sudden it's a, a perfect fit so that's why i asked that you know well it sounds Lauren? like that's yeah.
1: one of your values right like so a value that comes to my mind that it, you have clearly is like constant learning right mm-hmm. And, and progression so it's like you don't want clients who just want to get by you want clients who want to get to that next level because you then are able to thrive and you get excited to serve them because they are excited about working with you right. and they're excited about the outcome that you're going to get them so like that would be a value that you have right for us same thing we have constant progression that's one of our values um, that allows me to know about impact school you know if we're hiring someone if they're complacent and they're satisfied and they don't really care to learn more, then they're not going to be great for at working at impact school. Neither are they going to be good at being a client of us. So that's just an example there. But okay, this is one thing that really helped me. Can't remember who said this to me because I would love to be able to give the credit. I definitely didn't come up with this. But someone said to me, how do you want the world to look after you're done in it? Mm-hmm. So that was really helpful. Because then it made me realize, like, there are some things I just don't really care about actually doing that I'm doing right now. So that can get you yeah, thinking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it definitely gets me thinking and the audience thinking, I hope. Um, okay, so what if your second pillar was about the developing the business with lead generation sales and so on before you got to the scaling? Well, what if you love fitness, but you dread the idea of those things? You dread the idea of, you know, quote unquote, business, right? Whether it's posting on social media, sales and marketing, all the things people think and know are required to grow a business and you're, you're too, I guess, too early on to necessarily hire and have a team to do that. So what is your take on that?
1: Well, maybe you don't need to have your own business. Mm -hmm. That's also an option, right? There's people like you that these people can go and work for who already have a great platform and, and, and a brand. There's also other companies that you can go and work for. So I also used to be in the belief that everyone should have their own business. And I had a conversation Mm -hmm. with Noor, who she started out as a sales specialist, okay? Then she, this is years ago, then she started managing that team, right? Then she started doing some coaching on sales for our clients. Then she started shifting into operations Then she became the operations manager. Now she's COO and now she's also my business partner, okay? Mm -hmm. And so like, this is the evolution there. But I didn't understand because she was making, from in-person personal training, she was selling it for 4.2K pounds, And every month she was doing more than 16 grand a month because I remember it was above 15K but below 20. And then she – I offered her this job and I said, like, look, this is going to be a serious pay cut, but I need you on my team. And she said yes because she didn't want her own business. She she didn't care about the money as much, and so I think as entrepreneurs sometimes because we are so excited about things all the time and we want to do ten different things, sometimes having those non entrepreneurial people on our team who are more level headed than us is very valuable because it can yeah. prevent us from making all these crazy decisions. Which, believe me, I've been there. So um, maybe they don't need to have their own business, right? If you're a, mm-hmm. on the PT, if you're a PT on the ground, like doing all these sessions in person, and it's too much for you then maybe you could go and be an online coach for an online coaching company. If you're a nutritionist, my gosh, there are that is like a super in-demand skill because there are so many great online fitness coaches who don't have a nutrition branch to their company. So they're just doing these kind of like sketchy, you know, macro plans, which they shouldn't mm-hmm. really be doing, whereby you could come in and partner with them. Right, and then they take on all the business stuff, and then you act as the nutritionist at the business and get a fixed monthly retainer. Or you are you say to them like, "Hey, I want to be like entrepreneurial here, which is building kind of like an entrepreneurial company within a company, mm-hmm. and then they build their own branch within another business." So that's also another option. There are many ways to do something. It doesn't just have to be like, "Okay, I love fitness; I need to have my own business." Yep. Right. That's what I thought, and so I even sunk. Um, more than 10K, this is when 10K, I did not have a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. This is like, I was 19 years old. I invested 10K in building these leggings, getting them manufactured, all this time and effort. And I realized like, I was just in a business idea, which was never even going to make any real money, right? People make money on that type of thing because they have huge, huge volume rather than, Mm -hmm. you know, having something like a online coaching, which can be, you know, high margin. Um, So to the point, like, maybe you don't need a business.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fresh perspective. That's great because I think uh, I think a lot of people answer that question with, well, how do, you, how do you make it work anyway? And like you said, there are partnerships, collaborations. You can hire people. You can work for people. It might be insourcing and outsourcing. There's so many uh, great approaches yeah. to this. Hey, this is Philip Pape. And if you feel like you've put in effort to improve your health and fitness but aren't getting results, I invite you to apply for one-on-one coaching to make real progress and get the body you desire. We'll work together to figure out what's missing so you can look better, perform better, and feel better. Just go to slash coaching to learn about my program and apply today. Now, back to the episode. So, that's yeah. and that, that was the sort of leading to the third pillar then about scale. Um, as I'm an engineer by background, so I love the idea of using repeatable systems and frameworks to make things more efficient. And I've done that well before I even knew what it was called, right? I, taking spreadsheets, automation tools, whatever. And try to, because I'm lazy. I, that's what I like to tell people. I don't like to do things uh, the hard way. I want to do it the easy way. Even with strength yeah. training, I was like, what's the lazy way to get strong and, and jacked? It's it's barbells. You know, like what's the most efficient uh, yes. way, right? That's the approach. i so like agree. To I'm
1: so yeah. agreeing with you.
0: <laughs> like I'm not going to run on a treadmill every day. So. Um, oh no. No, so, so yeah so I do that I do that with my podcast or posting on social or even the things I don't quote-unquote like myself when I mentioned the previous question about running a business but I figured out a way to get me out of it so to speak um, right right tell us about the value of that of, of systems of frameworks How how we amplify that fundamental approach to business or even life
1: so I would say like it kind of depends on, on your revenue uh, because I think the biggest problem is people do things they think they need to do, but they really don't need to be doing them. Mm. Posting on social media every day, I used to believe this was... A v- so we have this framework at Impact School, Vile, right? Vital, important, luxury, and eliminate. So most of the things are in that e-bucket of eliminate. You can eliminate probably... I love the 80-20 principle mm-hmm. and then going even deeper on that. There's this great book called like 80-20 Sales and Marketing That's a really good book. Okay, love this one. This is like the first business book (laughs) I'd ever read in my life. Um, And I still think back to it because it just, man, it helped me so much. So there are so many things that we think we need to be doing, which really they don't really produce any result. Like why bother building a website when you don't yet have anyone clicking the link to go to your website? Mm -hmm. Right? Only in the last three or four months did we actually properly put together a proper website for Impact School. Before it was, it had Latin text on there, you know, it was terrible. It was really terrible. A placeholder now,
0: text, you mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, And even yeah. now it's like pretty mediocre. But we recently just, I just invested in a website building expert and copywriter to do the whole thing for me, which was a huge sum of money, which I didn't need to do. Because in the beginning stages, I would have been better off spending that. I'm building a team um, to support my clients so that then I could get freed from that area and then focus on sales and marketing myself. And then when I made that more money again, then I could then finally put that into, you know, maybe some ads or some social media growth. And then from there, maybe then you want to build the website. Okay, so like I just think about things in sequential steps. So if I am going to have like two people visit my website, why build that instead when I could build like an entire Google document or a Notion page telling exactly all the details about my offer Mm -hmm. and my program. Because then I can send that to people one-on-one in a DM conversation or via email who are actually coming to me and asking me. Or you could then start reaching out to like 50 people a day saying and not doing it in a spammy way instead saying like hey I've just graduated 10 people from my nutrition program which reverses type 2 diabetes just wondering as I'm about to start a new cohort if you know anyone that could be interested in uh you know reversing reversing type 2 right that's just an example and then you're going out asking them for value and then Uh, giving them value, sorry, by seeing if they know anyone, and then, you know, you can get referrals. And oftentimes those people then will end, you know, if you do your targeting properly, they are people that have type 2 diabetes, as my example. And then from there, then uh, they'll start replying back to you like, oh, well, I don't know anyone, but I'm interested. Right, and then mm-hmm. you can send that page to them directly in the chat. So it's just like the volume of people that will see it will be way greater than like I, I'm. I, I'm giving this website example because this is probably the biggest mistake that I see. Sure. People get all their fancy business cards and things. No one cares right. about nobody. Your
0: card. Nobody sees it. Yeah, nobody comes there. No, yeah. right.
1: exactly. So, right. so before even thinking about scale, I like to scale intimacy, which is one-on-one conversations, mm-hmm. and I like to get that so scaled that, like for example, as the business owner, I would no longer be able to do it anymore because I have other things going on. And then I would want to replace myself in the things that are not directly producing revenue. Cause I think especially in fitness coaches think that they have to do all the client work. Like I don't want to have a cookie cutter program and I don't want to, you know, I thought all this stuff too. But then I realized I can hire great people when I'm making enough sales, people who are really fantastic, who don't want their own business, who will come and work at my company, who are going to get better results for my clients because I can then stay in my zone of genius. Mm -hmm. So it really comes down to at this point, like ask yourself the question, what do I hate doing the most in my business that doesn't Mm -hmm. produce me revenue? Excellent. Because if you hate sales, like you probably want to keep doing that for a while until you've refined it and dialed in the system so that every single time you know that this is going to produce the outcome that you want.
0: Right. And I imagine everybody, you can pick a hundred people and every one of them are going to dislike a a different aspect of that process. So you've got to target the one that, you know, like I really enjoy talking with people and I didn't used to, you know, years ago, I used to be very introverted and, you know, now I'm talking probably way too much on my podcast, but you know, that's my outlet (laughs) for reaching people. Yeah, that's great. Um, That's great.
1: But if you were doing client work like 10 hours a day, wouldn't be able to do this right? right and so like it just comes down to also thinking where can I add leverage and you know a lot of it on the client success side of things we like the impact offer because it's really a fusion of having you know an out a program which takes someone to an outcome specifically but then there's enough like wiggle room so that throughout that process you can adapt things one-on-one to every single client and especially Mm. now like the way that i'm seeing the industry go in is that coaching plus consulting plus courses plus agency is all moving into the same umbrella. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can we do more for our clients so that then they have to do less work so that we can stand out rather than them saying, like, what makes you different than this person? Right. Right. That's also something that's going on in the space. So um, I think adding leverage through building a program, we like having an impact offer because I just think it fuses together everything so, so nicely. Client does something. They submit it to you. It's all systematized and organized. Mm. Um, And then from there, like most of the time, the next thing comes down to like getting someone to take care of actually managing the clients, serving the clients. And then if they have like something specific that needs your attention, then that person will come to you to ask you rather than the client coming to you. Mm -hmm. And it just removes that level of access. So then you're able to have the creative thinking time to think, how can I actually scale this thing? Right. How can I yep. build a new system to bring in more leads of dream clients or get me on more podcasts or go to more events, things like that. It creates that freedom. Okay. So then you can really, really scale the
0: the impact offer as opposed to trying to sell the differences between you as an individual coach. For example, it's having a program where the client feels like it's uh, seamless, maybe frictionless for them um, yeah. and then being able to scale. So t- taking a step back a little bit for someone who wants to be that entrepreneur who does have the passion. Um, and enjoys the fitness space, but they have a full-time job, right? They're already feeling a little bit stretched and overwhelmed, maybe have the family and so on. And they want to cut through a lot of these shiny tools and distractions we've just been talking about. Maybe they're a little risk averse too, but still feel like that's the way they want to go. Where, where would they start, right? Balancing that job that they don't want to give up just yet. And then moving into this new venture.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. We recently um, kind of pivoted to working exclusively with people that are like, you know, full time in their business, um, already doing like a certain amount because, you know, this is where I'd say we are the strongest Mm. when it comes to like getting the first. And honestly, it's the first stage. Like, I don't even think it's a good idea for someone to like join a program like Impact School at that stage because it is it's way more simple than people think it is. It's Mm. way more simple. And I don't feel super ethical doing that because like it's so simple and I didn't realize that it's mainly just you and yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I would say the first thing is like you need to be dedicating like one or two hours a day to personal development. You have to start there. You have to get ready for it. You need an entrepreneurial mindset upgrade <laughs> so mm-hmm. that then you're ready for what's about to come. Cause when things start moving, they start moving very, very quickly and people are often thinking like it feels too much too soon, but that's entrepreneurship. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, where can you right now if you pull out your phone pull out your calendar whatever you like to use where can you put in let's just say th- two 30 minute slots of personal development where can you put that in right and I'm not talking like just business stuff here I'm talking about personal development things like you know uh, maybe you want to look at like Dr. Uh, John Martini, okay like Bob Proctor You know, people, Tony Robbins, people that are going to show your mind, like what you can do, what what you can take you to the next level, right? You're listening to this podcast now. You could check out mine too, Impact School Podcast, like things like this that you can listen to and make notes because you have to start getting into the habit of doing the things that other people won't do Mm because in order to be successful in entrepreneurship, I've seen again from our clients, our most successful clients, my friends, um, the ones that will zig when everybody else sags they're the ones that are going to be the most successful right like you're probably already into fitness and your friends aren't right you're into health and fitness people from the past thought that you were crazy now all your mm-hmm. friends are maybe you've made new friends who are fitness friends right i had that same thing too so like how did you get so good at health and fitness because you did what everyone else thought was weird right yes um,
0: weird. So, yep.
1: exactly, exactly. That's <laughs> what I mean, right? Everyone Slourish. says that you have to do hit training, whereas you just, you know, score every day and that's how you make the gains. <laughs> right? That's right. So, exactly. So, um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is like really understanding that and answering that question. Like, how do you want the world to look after you're done with it? I really love this thought because then it gives you clarity and direction. Um, when you have that clear, then you'll know, okay, let's say, Right now, if I were to tell you you need to charge two grand for a client, if that makes you shudder, you know you need to do money mindset work. Okay, there are some great books. Like Jensen Sarah has a book called "You're a Badass at Making Money." Uh, there's another book called "The Richest Man in Babylon." <sighs> Man, there's a lot. But mm-hmm. just go on Google and type "money mindset books." Okay, you need to improve your money mindset if you think that charging two grand is too low. I, I, too high. Sorry, I think charging two grand is too low, even if you're in health and fitness. Because let's be honest, if you're in the health, if you're in that industry, you could have a thousand wishes. But if you, you know, if you if, if you don't have your health, then you you only have one wish. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's some quote that I heard a while ago. And so, people have this huge mindset block here. I find this especially in health and fitness industries. It's a big sure. problem. And so, that's then something you need to work on. Okay. Then when you realize, like, okay, I can charge for my first time round two grand. In the future, let's say you want to charge four, five k for like a sixteen week program. All right. Then you need to figure out what's that program going to be. I have a video on YouTube. If you just type into, if you go to my YouTube channel, it's just Lauren Tickner. There's this video like where I spoke at this event called war room and it's like how to build a product, a service and scale to millions. Like that's the title of the video. Like this is a really good video to watch, to get an understanding of how to actually, um, you know, have build your, build your, your product.
0: Um,
1: And then from there, it comes down to just bringing in like five to to 15 clients at that 2K price point. And let's say that takes you like, I don't know, 45 days to do, then you've made what at least 10K in the very beginning. And it comes down to how you're positioning it and enrolling people. I mean, I'm sure right now, you know, five people on your Facebook friend list or like in your small audience, if you have one on your phone contacts that you could really help. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to positioning it like, hey, like I'm bringing on my first five clients, like. Um, I know you were looking to XYZ, XYZ, uh, would you be interested in working with me before I start charging full price in exchange for some feedback? And, um, I'd be happy to, to get you in, uh, for less.
0: Yeah, this is gold. I mean, that's how I got my first clients as well. It's a great approach. You're right. Yeah. And, uh, what was, what was I going to say here? So, what are what are the things that then hold people back beyond they have got the mindset thing? I like I like how you mentioned that. Spend time on personal development, and it might be very different for different people. It might be um, yeah. how to talk people on a sales people on a sales call, right? Yeah, um, might, might be a lot of different skills. Um, you you live in Dubai. We're talking actually across the world right now as we record this. You have team members across something like eleven time zones, more than fifteen countries, and let's say you are an entrepreneur and you've gotten through that first step. You've got your 15 clients, your client base is growing, and now you need to hire that first person, coach, assistant, yeah. build your team. How does a solo practitioner start to do that?
1: Mm, this is great. So how not to do it is find a friend and say, Hey, you want to come work? Me? <laughs> We've all made that mistake. Um, so also another thing, a lot of people will find someone that's a friend as well and say, Hey, like, let's do a part a business partnership. But oftentimes, like our friends are the ones that are the most similar to us. Thus, we do not need them there because they're basically Mm. just you okay so like let's just say yeah let's say like you're a a a fitness person and they are a nutritionist and one of you is good at sales and marketing and one of you loves working with clients then great but if you both are fitness or if you're both nutritionists and you both love to work with clients and you both hate sales and marketing you get on because of those things usually so in that case you'd probably be better off just you know each building your own company and then hiring your own teams or just going into it knowing like we are going to, we are very similar. Like we need to hire different people um, into the business and just be aware, like, you know, the partnership usually isn't necessary at that point. If you want to have a partnership because you want to have like the friend there with you, then yeah, sure. Great. But just be aware, like it will probably cause friction in the future if you're good at the same things, because you're going to want to do the same things and the company doesn't always need that. So I would say it comes down to like okay, you've got things going now, just looking at your calendar, like what's taking the most of your time. And out of those things, like, let's say you would circle the th- or highlight the things in green that bring in money and then highlight the things in like orange that just allow the business to run and then highlight mm. the things in red that you do that, like, maybe you don't know if they're actually doing anything mm. to like actually build the business. And then the things that are orange are the things that you hire. Makes sense. Right. Because the red things, maybe they don't bring any money right now, but maybe you're like, you know, working on a new program that you're going to change your entire industry with. Right. And the things that bring in the money, you want to keep control over that, because if you start handing over sales to someone else and they suck, it's not that let's say you hire a commission only salesperson and they just don't make sales. And let's say you're selling the thing for 2K and they have five sales calls a day. Right. That's like. Mm -hmm. Not that you're just oh I didn't have to pay them because they you know they didn't make any commission. No, that's ten k a day that you are missing out on. Right. That they could have otherwise have clo- you could have closed right. So that's like how I like to do it. Honestly, um, I would say until you know two hundred grand a month or so, like being the main one doing the sales is is oftentimes the best thing for the business.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. This is this is gold. Uh, <laughs> I have a couple more questions, maybe from the client point of view. Um, yeah. You know, I think there are a lot of salesy, inauthentic business owners out there that are scamming people, or at least it perceives, you know, comes across that way because the fitness industry is what it is. Um, nobody's surprised about that. But how does someone find someone they trust as a client, Right. I'd like to think, for example, we talked about this podcast, that it helps people get to know me and realize I'm a human being and I love this stuff and I like to help people. And so if, when they have that conversation, I'm sort of pre-qualified them, as you mentioned earlier, in a way that they know me. But for someone seeking coaching, how do they do this from an informed place?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I mean, I think what you're doing here is fantastic. But I think it comes down to, like first of all, the business owner knowing the ideal client better than the ideal client even knows the ideal client because when you know the problems that they have before they've even seen those problems yet that's actually adding value Mm because you're highlighting the pains so for example like in the past in fitness I had this webinar like it was like the three biggest mistakes I forget the title now but it was like showing them the biggest mistakes that people make and then they realized like oh I didn't even realize I was doing this wrong And I added value to them through showing them that through, you know, constantly focusing on hitting like, uh, one hour of cardio a day that was actually, you know, preventing them from losing, uh, from, from, from getting, et cetera. And like getting, they always wanted to be toned. I don't like the word, but they, Mm -hmm. you know, that was their favorite word. So, yeah. So, um, that was really valuable to them. So I think making content surrounding those pain points and those problems, but then also like, as, as, The client, like realizing that you just have to get started, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if you've been thinking about it for a while, like, you know, if you want something now, the sooner you pounce on it, the sooner you start getting value from it. Nothing is going to change. Like, nothing's going to change except your situation is going to get worse. And so, I think sometimes, like, we have to really, you know, show the potential path of them not making a decision so that then the client actually knows that they need to make a decision right now. Um, because then when they come in, they're also a client that's bought in and they'll actually take the action. Right. right? So I would say what you're doing with the podcast is fantastic. And also like, yeah, building scaling the intimacy, building the personal relationships, like not being afraid to get in the DMS and have those conversations. Um, cause then you get the best feedback as well about what people's real pain points and problems mm-hmm. are right now. So then you can build that into your solution
0: for sure. Yeah, and the cost of not changing is often much greater than the cost of change and trying to help people understand that. Um, So uh, kind of related to this, on one of your Twitter posts, you talked about using the language your clients want to be spoken in. And I really like that point. I'd like to learn a little more about that if you can elaborate on it.
1: Yeah, so for example, like if you say, I'm going to help you get a toned stomach, or I'm going to help you get shredded abs, it's the same outcome. It's just Mm -hmm. one way you're talking to a dude that wants to, you know, get buff. And the other way you're talking to a woman who wants to have a nice stomach or a guy that just wants to, you know, get a bit, a bit, a bit, a little bit, you know, jacked and muscly, but not like shredded. Right. So it really comes down to like, when you're in the DMS of people talking to them, or if you're talking on email or you're looking at how they're commenting on, on the posts of like, you know, companies in your space, just look at how they're typing things. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if they're like, yes, queen, like, you know, you want to start talking like that. Whereas if they're speaking like a super scientific way, then you can meet them where they're at. And that's also going to kind of dictate like the level of sophistication of the client in which you're serving. Right. So if you're, I made the huge mistake when I was in fitness, whereby I would be talking about super complex stuff in a really scientific way, and it totally alienated my dream mm. client.
0: That Eyes was a huge mistake. Over.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't know, yeah. they don't care, they don't understand. Yeah. And uh, that was, you know, I also when I was competing, I did some bodybuilding competitions like bikini. And, uh, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Like I thought it would help my business, but it hurt my business a lot. And, you know, I didn't, mm. I just did it because my friend told me like, Hey, you should do it. And, you know, I wasn't thinking properly. I mean, fine in hindsight, whatever it was, it was whatever, but like for my business, it was not good. Cause I was so alienating myself from my client. Um, so that's also something to think about too. Like, how can you be relatable, but also position yourself as the person that's been through the pains, which they've been through. And now you have the answer and the outcome.
0: Got it. Awesome stuff, Lauren. Well, I'd like to finish it with this question with all guests. And that is, what one question did you wish I had asked? And what is your answer?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So question that you wish I'd asked, I think like just maybe about, you know, for you and yourself, like what you need in order to get your business to the next level. Like, cause it sounds like you have a bunch of different offers going on right now and you're trying to serve like a lot of different people. So maybe just something specific to that. Cause I think that can be helpful for your audience and then maybe they can also send you in their feedback.
0: Should I ask you that question?
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, yeah. My answer. So I would say like, you know, you need to just figure out like the outcome that you want to take your clients to and get ultra crystal clear on that, like based upon the impact that you want to make. And then from there, I would also, in order to get to that outcome, like have people DM you on Instagram at wits and weights, tell them like, you know, what, what they're working towards and like what offer that you could put out that would get them to say yes.
0: I love that validation, right? That's great. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So Lauren, uh, this has been a, an amazing conversation full of great information. I learned a lot. Um, and if nothing else, that, I love that. But the listeners are going to as well. So where can they learn more about you and your work at Impact School?
1: Yeah, so if you like podcasts, Impact School podcast. I also have a really old podcast where you can still listen to all of them called Business Meets Fitness. So you might like that. That's all about like building a fitness business. Like the stuff's super old from like mm-hmm. 2017, I think. So, you know, I think it's still all quite relevant, but um, I haven't listened to it for a while. So maybe uh, my voice is a little uh, higher and I'm less eloquent. But uh, yeah, they're the best places. And obviously all social media, I'm on Facebook. Um, we have a Facebook group called Impact School which is free um, yeah those are the best places Instagram too Lauren Tickner I'm kind of everywhere so
0: awesome Lauren Anybody? well of course yeah no and I'll include all of that I'm gonna go check out that the older podcast don't know which one you're talking about so yeah. um, you've been an incredible guest Lauren and uh, you know I think here we've peered into the mind of someone with a ton of experience and knowledge I personally learned a ton I had fun chatting with you and I want to thank you for coming on the show
1: Philip thank you this is awesome and uh, yeah I love what you're doing so keep it up
0: thank you Thanks for listening to the show. Before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoy the podcast, let me know by leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and telling others about the show. Thanks again for joining me, Philip Pape, in this episode of Wits and Weights. I'll see you next time, and stay strong.